We've been on a series for a few uh, weeks now that we're calling The Perfect Will of God. The Perfect Will of God. If you haven't been with us from the beginning, let me encourage you to uh, go online and uh, look up the series under Word Supply and you can get caught up. It's all available there. You can watch it, listen to it. Won't cost you anything, no charge. Romans 12 and 1. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Or some translations bring out it's your your worship. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So much revelation in every one of these words and phrases. There's a danger that believers can be conformed to the ungodly world. There's a pressure uh, all around you. Uh, you everything you, you hear and see around you to think a certain way, to talk a certain way, to behave a certain way. And if you act like unbelievers, then you have been conformed to this world. The way to prevent that is to be transformed. Say it out loud, not conformed, conformed. but transformed. transformed. And how, what causes you to be transformed? We've got to read the rest of the, the verse here. The renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind causes us to be transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your mind, and what's the result of that? How can you tell that your mind is being renewed or has been renewed to a degree? You can prove, you can distinguish, you can discern what is the will of God. That's how you can see your mind's been renewed. See, baby Christians who have no word in them, they still think much like the world. And any of you and myself that have walked with the Lord for a while, looking back years back, you realize you thought wrong about some things until you got some word in you. And you heard the truth, and then you could begin to see, well, hold on now, that's not the will of God. This is the will of God. Right? And you, you could prove, distinguish, discern Test and decide and know what is that good and acceptable and perfect. Now the word perfect means complete. Complete will of God. And that's the title of the series is the perfect will of God or the complete will of God. If there is a complete will of God, there is a partial imperfect or incomplete. So you'll find that there are a lot of people on the planet who are completely out of the will of God. They are not in God's will at all. And then there are some folks who are partially in the will of God. Partly. But there is the possibility Of being completely in the will of God. And if you want full protection, that's where you need to be, is in the full will of God. If you want full favor, full blessing, you need to be in the full will of God. Do you believe that, saints? In Ephesians 5, we've seen this repeatedly in Ephesians 5. And uh, 17, it says, don't be unwise, 
but understanding what the will of the Lord is. One translation says, don't be a, become a fool, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So we see wisdom has a direct connection to the will of God. Wisdom and his will. There are two big errors that's believed by millions about God's will. One is that everything that happens is somehow the will of God. This is a gross error. This is absolutely not true. There are all kind of things happening down here that are completely contrary to God's will. And he allows it because we really do have a free will. He's not going to force human beings to believe in him or listen to him. But you're a fool if you don't. (laughs) Remember what he said. Don't be a fool. Don't be unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. This deals with the second error. Some people believe you just can't understand God's will. It's too high above us. It's too mysterious. Uh, You can't understand it. But that's contrary to this very verse. Right? And numerous others that are this way. If he tells you, don't be foolish, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, you must be able to understand it. Or he wouldn't tell you to understand it. Say it out loud. I can understand God's will. I can. Not only can you, he told you to. He expects us to. The uh, thing we talked about last time about God's will and wisdom, I want to get into a little bit more. Uh, If you've not read the book of Proverbs, I encourage you to do so, because it is just full of God's wisdom and God's thinking. The the book of Proverbs, you know, it comes right after Psalms in most Bibles. What, what are you laughing about? <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't, you probably need to change Bible. So, uh, <laughs> something to think about relative to that. Well, I won't take time because it, it's a it's a series within itself. He talks repeatedly about being a fool or being wise. Have anybody read it enough to know? That that's right. He, he talks about the fool does this, the fool says this, but the wise say this, the wise do this. And I want to just summarize a little bit about fool and wise. What makes a fool a fool? And what makes a wise person a wise person? Especially relative to what we're talking about, God's will and God's plan. You'll find that numerous of those proverbs reveal that a fool despises instruction and refuses correction. That's a fool. Or by contrast, what does a wise person do? A wise person is teachable and instructable and even correctable. And a wise person sees the value of instruction and correction. I know uh, years ago when, when I was 10 years old, my dad put me in a school of martial arts and they were old school. No pads and concrete floors. And uh, the instructors, if they told you something to do and you ignored them a few times, the next thing you would feel was the floor. They would sweep you and boom. And the correct response was, thank you, sir. That was the correct response. They say, what? Yeah, because they're helping you see the error of your way. Well, their, their instruction wasn't always perfect, but God's is perfect. And if he corrects you, what should you say? Come on, help me out. You, thank you. That's why I said it. Thank thank you, sir. Why? Because 
without correction, you're going to keep going the wrong way. You're going to keep banging your head against the wall, right? You're going to keep coming up with the wrong answer or no answer. A wise person will say, oh, thank you. I've been thinking wrong for 35 years. Thank you. Right? Teachable. Correctable. Now, correction is, is not necessarily enjoyable. But a wise person will see the benefit of it. And even if it hurts your pride or embarrasses you, a wise person will say, yeah, but thank you. You know, it's kind of like, what was it, the old Aqua Velva commercial? And a slap, you know. And <laughs> Thanks. I needed that. I think I'm getting two commercials mixed up now. And the young people are going, huh? <laughs> Thanks, I needed that as far as a, a correction and instruction. So a fool despises it. A fool doesn't know good counsel when they're hearing it. A fool doesn't recognize something that's going to save their life when they're being told. They just don't, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to be corrected. And they ain't got time for instruction. But a wise person will sit down and go, tell me. Even if you think initially it's not right, a wise person says, yeah, but this is so and so. They're anointed of God. Yeah, but this is the word of God. So it has to be right. A wise person knows what to value. A foolish person scoffs. In the presence of something valuable. Also, a fool, and, I, and I'm just summarizing from half a dozen verses in Proverbs, and you ought to go check out what I'm saying, see if that's right or not. Um, a fool relies on themselves, not God. Didn't the Bible say, trust in the Lord with all your heart? Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge Him. This is from Proverbs 3. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Does that sound like getting in the will of God, staying in the will of God? But you can't just say, well, I, I know how to run my life. No, I don't want to hear what you've got to say. That's how fools talk. I don't have time for any of that. I know. I can rely on myself. That's how a fool talks. And a fool realizes too late that they made the wrong choice. They, a fool passes by every opportunity to change it. And fix it. You'll find that the Lord your God is very merciful. He is so merciful. He will give you 40 opportunities to stop from running off the cliff. Even when you have been so dumb, so bullheaded, so proud unteachable he'll give you another opportunity and another opportunity and another opportunity but there'll come a time if you keep ignoring them I don't know if it's number 33 or number 56 or what it is but there'll come a time when there's no more time and you're out of time and you missed your opportunity to get it fixed with some people, it's after they died. They waited too late. Others, it's not about being saved, but they waited too late to obey God, and they've missed that opportunity. You do understand, this life is a very limited amount of time. It's short. And you've got a window of opportunity to do some things and get some things done and be a part of some things. And that window is not indefinite. It's a time. Season. 
And so you don't have five years to just goof around, 10 years, 20 years to just play around and procrastinate and wonder if you want to do it or not. Well, it'll get to a point where the Lord needs it done. And if you're not going to do it, he'll have to get somebody else to do it. And he will. But not until he gave you four dozen opportunities to get it right. He is that merciful. He is that kind and that good. So a a foolish person, a fool, realizes too late that they made the wrong choices. And they didn't take all these opportunities to make a change. A wise person is willing to repent. A wise person will humble themselves and say, I was wrong. Forgive me. I'm going to get it right now. Go with me to the book of uh, Matthew, if you would. Matthew chapter uh, 21, I believe it is. Yeah, that's right. 21. Oh, I'm glad you're here today. This is important. I became convinced as a teenager. I learned enough about God to realize that if I could hear from him, I had it made. <laughs> I know that's real simple. But I why? Because I had already decided whatever I hear from him, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. And if I'm doing what he told me to do, I got it made. Doesn't mean that there's not going to be a devil. He's not going to try to do stuff. But if I'm doing what he told me to do, he is with me. And if he is with me, who can be against me? If he is for me, come on, can you see this? If I want what he wants for the same reasons he wants it, I become unstoppable, un- undefeatable. That's why I'm more than a conqueror. Hey! I mean, as a teenager, I realized, I, I thought, if I can learn how to hear from God, I got it made. So I, I began to pursue to find out how to hear from him. And is this the same thing we're talking about now? What's the will of God? Well, in order to know the will of God or the plan of God, you've got to hear from him. How do you do that? Uh, in this series, the Lord has given us four things about how to find the will of God. I've already talked about three of them, but I'll review just to make sure that you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Number one, God's word is his will, right? We've talked about that, but I'm, I'm just clarifying, reviewing. Number one, what said out loud with me? God's word is his will. When you are hearing the written word of God, are you hearing the will of God? You are hearing the perfect, unchanging will of God. You don't want to get away from that. And then also we talked about a, um, a willing heart. In fact, uh, hold your place in Matthew and go to John. Let's do it this way. John 7 and 17. He said, Jesus said, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Other translations bring it out like this. The Young's literal says, if anyone may will to do his will, he shall know. Know what? You'll, you'll be able to distinguish between what's God and what's man. And that's what you've got to be able to distinguish. What's God and what's just your ideas or somebody else's ideas. And, and the, a, a prerequisite for that is a willing heart. 
Jesus oftentimes talked to people about he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, what, what determines whether you have an ear to hear or not? This is a big part of it. A willing heart makes a hearing ear. If you are unwilling, it makes you spiritually deaf and dull of hearing. And the thing is, other people may not know if you're willing or not, but he does. So then he knows what he can talk to you about or not, whether you'll even listen to it or not. And the further we go with this, the more you're going to see it more today. The, the reality is many, many, many human beings on the planet don't want to know the will of God. They don't. They're not willing to do it. They don't want to hear it. Even if they say they do. When they hear it, they don't like it. And don't want to know it. And don't want to do it. And that causes you to be dull of hearing. You don't have ears to hear it. Doesn't that make sense whether you have ears to hear it or don't have ears to hear it? Do you want to hear it? Do you want to do it? Now you might say, well, we'll do what? That's the whole point. Do you trust him or not? Well, how am I going to know if I'm willing to do it before I hear it? Because you know him. Oh, come on, child of God. You got to say, Lord, if you say that's the thing for me to do, then even if my mind says no, my heart says yes, because you know it. You are wise. I trust you. I'm not going to be a fool and think I know more about how to run my life than you do. If any person wills to do his will, they will know. Know what? Whether it's of God or whether it's of man. John 7, 17. Jesus' words. So that's a big part of it. His word is his will. You've got to have a willing heart to have a hearing ear. We talk, number three, about you've got to ask. Ask him what his will is. Ask and seek and you'll find. We went in detail about that. Number four is what we're up to today. What's number four? Do. What do you mean? In order to find the will of God, you've got to do what you know. In his light, we see light. The path of the just is like the shining light that shines brighter and brighter to the full day sun. The scripture says, what does that mean? It means you're not going to get full light that's down there standing here. If you want to see the more full light of the rest of God's plan, you have to walk in the light that you have. And the further you get, the closer you get to more light. You get enlightened. It's kind of like this. You can be going down the road and and see off in the distance a billboard or a sign or or something on the side of the road. And it's like, you know, miles away and you pull over on the side of the road and you go, what is that? And you can sit there with your friends and, and, and conjecture about what it might be. I think maybe it's a, a billboard for a Kentucky Fried Chicken. I, I don't know. No, no, I think you're wrong. I, I think it's... Uh, uh, or... Help me out. Anybody help? Or... Is that right? Just, just keep heading that way. And the closer you get, the clearer it becomes. Oh, come on, somebody say, the closer you get, the clearer it becomes. Say it again, the closer you get. Or you can say, like, the, the further you go, the further you go, the more light you get, the, the closer it becomes. 
in Hosea chapter 6. You don't have to turn there, but they'll put it on the screen. Hosea 6.3. Hosea 6.3 says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. And you know, this, this agrees with the passage we talked about. The path of the just is like the shining light. It shines more and more until the full day sun. From what? From the morning. From the dawning, from the morning, it's dim. Then it gets a little brighter. Then it gets a lot brighter. Then the full day sun, it's whoo, sunglass time. But that's because you stayed there while it progressed. And then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. Say it out loud. Follow on. Keep going. Go all the way. If you want to, to find the full plan of God, you won't find it sitting on the couch asking questions or just waiting for something to happen. You ask the Lord, Lord, what do I need to do now? He'll show you something. Will it reveal the whole plan of God? No, it will not. It's a step. I said it's a step. Faith is what pleases him. Right? It's a step. And so you take a step and if you'll obey, you'll start getting more light about why you needed to do this and, and how it's happening. And then you take another step and it becomes clearer still. And, and you keep going and you keep going. And, and then it leads into a whole other thing that you didn't know about back here. And you never would have found out about back here if you had never obeyed. In order to find out the next parts of the plan, you must do the first part of the plan. Everybody say do. 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 You must do. do. <laughs> There's so much revelation in doing that you don't get from a book or from sitting around talking about it. Anybody, when you learned how to drive a car, I, I, depending on where you, where you grew up, you, maybe you studied the book. You've got to pass that written test, right? But then when you get in the car, you get revelation. Don't you? You're like, look how wide this thing is. I can't even see the line. Is that right? And, and oh man, it feels funny. And is this, and I didn't have my seat adjusted right. And you get revelation by doing that you would never have gotten sitting in your chair reading the book. You have a whole new realm of understanding. And that's the way it is in walking as believers. You will never get all the light and plan about the will of God sitting in the pew at church. We're, a, we're studying the book. Is that right? We're talking about what the book says. And the book's right. And how to do it. And then what? You got to go out. And do it. Put, put it in drive. Is that right? It must not end. After service. Well I went. I was there. Made some good notes. Check. <laughs> there is so much revelation in doing there's so much God has he's set it up this way that a whole lot of light you will not get unless and until you start acting on it you start doing it and as you start walking it out then, as you follow on, you know, you see, you learn, you grow. 
I just came from uh, flight training uh, a few days ago. And I, it, it's so real to me. Every time I go, I, I, I apply it to spiritual things. Because what we do for the first couple of days is we're just in class with books. And we're studying and we're learning numbers and we're renewing and we're freshing. We're sitting at a desk with books. Then <laughs> they put you in the simulator. And the simulator, once they shut the door, you forget it's a simulator. You, it's just like the real thing. And boy, do you get revelation. Because it was on the page what to do when the engine caught on fire. But you're flying along, everything's good, and bang, 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 and, 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 and it, even though you, you should know it's coming, it just like slaps you and you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and you learn so much by doing. You knew you were supposed to do that, but when you find out, well, hold on now, the switch is here, and it feels like this, and don't try to do it like that, it, you never learn that reading the book. You learn that by doing, doing, and we get the next parts of the plan of God by doing. When God called Abram and Sarai, he had a plan for them that involved the saving of all the righteous throughout all generations. He had a plan for them to be willing to offer up their only begotten child in covenant with God, giving him a legal right to give his only begotten child for all lost humanity. You talk about big things. Was his plan big for them? Huge. But it didn't start that way. I said it didn't start that way. Tell me how it started. Leave leave your home, folks, and go to a place I will tell you about. If they had never done, if they had said, I can't do that. I've got 20 years invested in this. I, I got the, I can't, I can't go where? I don't even know where I'm going. Would they have ever found out? About all, no, no, I'm telling you, no. He didn't tell them about all that. Why? They don't need to know. They couldn't handle it right now. Why? It's taking all the faith they got to pack their little bag and leave the house. Is that right? All the faith they've got. It can take just that much faith to stay when you want to go. To stay. But anyway, it was progressive. They kept taking steps and more light and more steps and more light and more steps. Go to Matthew 21 now, please. We talked about how how merciful and faithful God is. He is not hiding his plan from us. He's not making it hard. You actually have to be disobedient as a Christian to miss God's plan for your life. Did you hear that? You, you have to be, if you're really saved and you love God, then at some point you wanted to know more about his plan for your life. And if you asked him about it, He's faithful. He shows you. That does not guarantee you will respond correctly. And that's where the issues come in. In Matthew 21, 28, the Lord gave this example. He said, verse 28, What think ye? A certain man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, Go work today in my vineyard. Now this this is a, a portrayal of God and his people, of the Lord and those who serve him. So now does this son know the will of the father? 
What's the will of the Father? Go today. Work in the vineyard. Does he know the will of God? Does he have to do it? Read the next verse. What does he say? He answered and said, I will not. Now, you know, people look at that and go, ooh, ooh. It happens every day. It happens every day. He said, I'm, I'm not going. But afterward, thank God for afterward. Afterward, he repented and went. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord, for afterward. What, what do you mean? There was an opportunity. There was a time and a space to wake up, dummy. Is that right? Come to your senses and go, what did I do? I, I, I got in the Father's face and told him, I ain't going. I did what? I'm repenting. I am repenting. Now, repenting doesn't just mean you were found out and felt bad because you got caught. Uh -uh. (laughs) Repenting is change. A change of heart and a resulting change of action. How do we know he repented? (laughs) We We know the boy repented. Because he went. He said he wasn't going. (laughs) But he did. Because he repented. Now look at the next part. Now let me remind you. These words came from the master's mouth. This is Jesus teaching. Is it good? Is it important? Does it cover a lot of ground? He came to the second. Second son. He said, likewise. In other words, he said, son, I want you to go to the vineyard today. Work in my vineyard. He could say it like this. It's my will. It's my plan for you. Work in the vineyard today. And he said, I go, sir. (laughs) I go what? Oh, sir. (laughs) Sir, yes, sir. On my way. And what? And what? Didn't go. Sounded good. Go work in my vineyard, son. I'm going, sir. Never went. Never went. Keep reading. Which of them two did the will of his father? Come on, help me out. Well, the answer is right there, too. And they, they said the first one. The one who said no. Why? It's not just what you say. It's what you do. And it's not just what you do. It's what you do last. It's not just what you do. But what you end up doing Last. Because the first boy, he started off in defiance, disrespect, defiance, rejection. He started out like a fool. Right? We're not name calling. We've already described what Proverbs says about a fool. He, he despised the instruction. If the father says, go work in the vineyard today, where is the best place on planet earth for you today? It's in the vineyard. He's got a good plan. Even if it involves some sweat and some dirt and some getting hot, you know if you obey God, you're going to wind up in some good things, good places. Is that right? Protection. Blessing. But he just said, I'm not doing it. I will not. I will not. But that wasn't the end of it. He got to thinking about it. Got under conviction. 
came to his self, came to his senses, and went and did the will of God. The other one said right off, yes, sir, I'm going, sir. You can't just go by how people talk. A lot of folks, they know the right phrases. Is that right? Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah, but what are they doing? What are they doing? They talk the talk. But they won't do it. They won't do it. And again, it's not just what you did, but what you did last. I I think it's going to be a surprise with a lot of people who they meet in heaven. I really do. Because they're going to see people and go, what? (laughs) Then they're going to catch themselves and say, ooh, I bet you shouldn't say that. But you're thinking, how in the world did they make it in here? (laughs) You're here? And you know why they're there? Because of what they did last. Oh, glory to God. What they did last. We've had a number of people that we've ministered to. You know, we've got the uh, the trucks that go to the uh, senior homes and, and things like that. And we've had folks that were lost for 90 years. And did who knows what. And got saved. And then went home in a month. They were cutting it close. Is that right? That's, that's tight, man. They, they were cutting it close. But you're going to see them over there. And I don't know how they acted 40 years prior to that, but there might have been people that they treated terribly, or I don't know what happened, and, and they may be sure they'd never see them. But here they come, waltzing into heaven. <laughs> what? He said, yeah, I got saved on my 91st birthday. <laughs> hey! Glory to God. Not just what you say you're going to do. It's what you do. And it's not even just what you do. It's what you do last. In the end. Finally. Go to Jeremiah. You need to see this. We talked about how am I going to find and, and know and do the will of God? His word is his will. You got to have a willing heart. You need to ask and seek his will and plan. And fourthly, we're talking about you've got to what? You got to do what you know of the first steps and part, or you won't get any more. Are we? I won't get any more unless I do. Everything, Phyllis and I have been in the ministry now 40 years, and we went, our first direction we got from the Lord was to go to Oklahoma and go to Bible school. We thought we would go one year and go back home, serve in our local church somehow. Not to be preachers. That was not my original thought much less a pastor or anything like that. Just wasn't. The Lord knew. He didn't tell us all that. He wants us to walk by faith. He, he requires that you walk by faith. All we needed to know was go there. Go to school. And then after we went that first year, it was miraculous that we made it through. We didn't have the money to start with, and, and the Lord brought it in every term, and, and we made it through. And, and then after the, the spring, you know, we, we out from our first year, and, and we thought, praise God, you know, we're going to load up, we're going to go back home. We made it. We did it. And the, both of us had a check, a check about just going back home. We thought, huh? And so we started praying, and and looking, can you see? You got to be willing. Can you see this? If we already had our minds made up too hard, we wouldn't even have asked. We wouldn't even have checked. 
He gave us a check so we knew, hold on, there's something here. And so, and and during that summer, we, we talked about it and prayed about it. And we realized, no, we're not just supposed to go home. And so we concluded we're to stay and go another year. And I, we didn't know it, but it was going to be 20 more years. <laughs> but would we have found out about the second year if we hadn't agreed to do the first year? Would we have found out about the 20 years if we hadn't been willing to say, okay, it hadn't been easy, but we'll stick it out. I mean, we're living in a little dumpy, dirty place and, and the crime is high and, and all of this, but... Hmm? If we if we know the Lord's will, if He says, "I want you to go work in my vineyard today," come on, help me out. What what, what do you say? You don't just say yes and not do it. You you do it. You do it. And then after being there for twenty years, and and we had our ministry offices, and 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 we had some aviation started, and we've been traveling for for most of that 20 years and, and enjoyed it thoroughly and, and was getting good results. And, and the Lord says, uh, uh, go to Branson. And we're like, we, we don't know anybody in Branson. <laughs> it's not like we had just always longed to go to Branson. <laughs> and so we went up there to check it out for a week and we thought, Lord, are we really just going to liquidate everything? And and basically start over from scratch. But thank God. He helped us. Was it his plan? Come on. I wouldn't be looking at you. Or Branson. And there were great things. That came out of each juncture. Not long after we started the Branson church. The word supply came out of that. Woo. Glory to God. And then after. Uh, what was it, uh, ten, some 10 years of that, the Lord prompted us about this place in Sarasota. And then not long after it started, he said, there's going to be something come out of this place that will be like the word supply. And you know what it is? Faith school. Hallelujah. Would we have ever found out about faith school in Sarasota, in the second church, if we had been unwilling to stay in school one more year. Can you see what I'm talking about? You'd have never found out. You would never have found out. In Jeremiah. Reckon the Lord has anything else for us too? Oh yeah. Yeah. The question is. Do we want to hear it? <laughs> and, and the question is. When you hear it. Will you say. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Who? I don't know. <laughs> and when you drag your feet and procrastinate until you lose sight of it and wind up never doing it. Or even if we make some mistakes, can we repent? Can we get it right? Can we afterward? Somebody say, thank God for afterward. Thank God for repentance. Thank God for more time and space and opportunity to fix when we didn't listen. And what we're saying about this is you get more light on the plan of God by doing. And where Christians, believers, where they really miss the will of God is when you know something to do And you won't do it. It's not that the will of God is so mysterious and so hard to find that you can just breeze through life and never even know about it, never get it. God is better than that. He's good. And if you sincerely, ever sincerely ask him about what he wants you to do with your life and about his plan and will for you, you can be assured. He will show you. He will let you know. That does not guarantee that you want to do it. Or that you're willing to do it. And it's when a person gets light 
And they know the Lord has shown them something, but they won't do it. And weeks turn into months, turn into years. That's when a believer can miss the plan of God and miss the will of God. And don't, it's not just because of ignorance. It's a refusal to act, to do. And uh, it can be as simple as join a team. Go to church regularly. I'm telling you the truth now. It can, that can be the key to finding out the rest of God's perfect will and plan for your life. Phyllis and I can trace it back to what? Going to that camp meeting over 40 some years ago. We can trace it back to that. It took all the faith we had to leave our little country homes in Mississippi and drive out in a borrowed car to Tulsa, Oklahoma and go attend that one week meeting, that, that camp meeting, Kenneth Hagin Ministries. Took all the faith and every dime we had. Doesn't sound big now, but it's where you are. You are where you are. But if we hadn't done that, we'd have never got the direction about going to the school. And if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have got direction about helping them in the ministry, which wound up helping them personally 15 years later, 10 years later. And then about the churches, then about the word supply, then the faith school and international ministry. You'd have never known about it if you hadn't gone to a meeting. So when the Lord deals with you, get up and go to church. It matters. It's connected to other things. When he deals with you, join that team. Get involved with this. Become a partner with this. He's not going to tell you the whole thing and everything is connected to. He expects you to trust him. Just, just trust him. In Jeremiah 42 and 1, this is an example of how to miss, how God's people miss his plan and will for their life. All the captains of the forces, Johanan, the son of Korea, Jezaniah, the son of Hoshiah, and all the people from the least even to the greatest came near, and they said to Jeremiah the prophet, who as we know is a real man of God, speaks God's words, hears from God. They said, let us beseech you our supplication, let our supplication be accepted before you, and pray to the Lord your God, even for all this remnant, for we are left but a few of many as your eyes do behold us, that the Lord your God may show us the way wherein we may walk and the thing that we may do. Are they asking for the will of God? They're asking for the plan of God, for the direction of God. And in those days, people weren't born again. They didn't have the Spirit in them personally guiding them like we do. So they would go to the man of God. They'd go to the prophet and inquire of the Lord. And he would seek and ask the Lord and tell them what the Lord said. Thank God today you don't have to go through somebody else. You can hear straight from him. But that's what they're saying is, you know, inquire of the Lord for us and tell us. And um, verse 4, Jeremiah the prophet said, I've heard you. And behold, I will pray to the Lord your God according to your words, and it'll come to pass that whatever thing the Lord will answer you, I'll declare it to you. I'll keep nothing back from you. I'll tell you exactly what he tells me for you to do. And they said to Jeremiah, the Lord be a true and faithful witness between us if we do not even according to all things for which the Lord your God shall send us to you. Whether it's good or evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God to whom we send you, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. Sounds good. <laughs> have, you, have you read this before? <laughs> it sounds good. Let's keep reading though. It came to pass after ten days 
that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. We need to practice this more often. Back it up. Phyllis and I have learned this in pastoring and leading. If somebody tells us they have a problem and they're seeking counsel and help, we don't just answer something off the top of our head. They don't need our opinion. They don't need yours either. If we're talking about life decisions and we're talking about, you know, direction for deliverance and, and what have you, you need to hear from the Lord. Don't you? And so he, he didn't have it until 10 days later. He waited on the Lord. He sought the Lord. And after 10 days, it came to him from the Lord what to tell him. Then you tell him what the Lord said. And not mix in your stuff with it. Right? And if they say, what does that mean? And you don't know, you say, I don't know. He just said this. And you leave it like that. There's too much opinion and ideas and intermixing and off the top of the head. Ten days. He's a man of God, but he couldn't just produce it on the spot. After ten days, the word of the Lord came to him. Keep going. And he called them to him. Johanan, the son of Korea, captains of the forces with him, all the people from the least to the greatest. He said, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, unto whom you sent me to present your supplication before him. If you will still abide in this land, then I'll build you and not pull you down. I'll plant you and not pluck you. For I repent me of the evil that I've done to you, the judgment that came on them for all their evil. They were, had been occupied by Nebuchadnezzar. And so the question is, do we try to escape, go somewhere else, and, 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 and here he says, the word of the Lord says, no, stay here. Stay where you are. What's the word of the Lord? Stay, stay where you are. And uh, verse, next, next verse. Be not afraid of the king of Babylon, of whom you are afraid. Be not afraid of him, says the Lord, for I'm with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand. I will show mercies to you that he may have mercy on you. And cause you to return to your own land. Oh, what a word this is. Right? Stay put. Stay hooked. I know you're scared to be under the rulership of Nebuchadnezzar. But I'm going to give you favor. I'm going to give you mercy. And then I'm going to get you out of here back home. Hallelujah. This is the word of the Lord. Keep going. But if you say. We will not dwell in this land, neither obey the voice of the Lord your God, saying, no, but we're going to Egypt. We're going to the land of Egypt, where we will not see war. We won't hear the trumpet. We won't, we won't be hungry for bread. And we're going, we're going to live there. And now, therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you remnant of Judah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, if you wholly set your faces to enter into Egypt and to go to sojourn there, It'll come to pass, the sword that you're afraid of will overtake you. The famine you're afraid of, it'll follow you there. And you'll die. You can see your fears coming on you. Can you see that? See, so you can be led by fear and rebel against the word of the Lord, just like you can be led by the, by, by, by the Spirit of the Lord and do so in faith. One ends in life, the other ends in death. Keep going. It'll be that all the men that set their faces to go to Egypt, they'll die by the sword and famine and the pestilence. None of them that remain or escape from the evil that I'll bring upon them. Keep going. Thus says the Lord of hosts, my anger and my fury was poured out on the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So shall the fury be poured on you. Then you're into Egypt. You'll be a curse, astonishment, reproach, and you will see this place no more. Why is he, why is he telling them all this? We'll see in just a moment. The Lord said concerning you, O you remnant of Judah, don't go to Egypt. Know certainly that I have admonished you this day. Are they confused? Help me out. Some folks here are just hearing this for the first time, but what do you know? Don't go to Egypt. Stay here. 
Stay here. You dissembled in your hearts when you sent me to the Lord your God, saying, pray to us, uh, to the Lord. According to all the Lord our God shall say, declare it to us, we'll do it. He's saying, you were dishonest when you came and you told me that. Keep reading. Now I have this day declared it to you, but you've not obeyed the voice of the Lord your God, nor anything for the which he has sent me to you. Keep going. Now certainly no, you'll die by the sword, by the famine, by the pestilence in the place where you desire to go and to sojourn. It came to pass when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking to the people all the words of the Lord their God, for which the Lord their God had sent him, even all these words. Then spake Azariah the son of Hoshiah, Johanan the son of Korea, and all the proud men, saying to Jeremiah, you speak falsely. The Lord our God has not sent you to say, don't go to Egypt to sojourn there. But Barak, the son of Neriah, set you against us to deliver us into the hand of the Chaldeans. Now we could read the rest of it, but it just goes on expressing their defiance and their rebellion. They said, absolutely not. We are going to Egypt. They had already made up their minds they were going to Egypt. When they asked him to pray for them and get the word of the Lord. Can you see this church? And even though it sounded so, oh, whatever the Lord tells us, whatever the Lord tells us, we will do it. No matter which way it goes, whatever he said, please just inquire of the Lord and then you tell us what he said. And we will do it. We will do it. You're a lion. You're lying. You've already made up your mind. That you're going to Egypt. You just wanted somebody that had a spiritual reputation to back you up. Already made up your mind what you're going to do. That's how you miss God. Come on, can you see this? How you wind up out of the will of God exposed where the enemy can get to you. How many remember... Isaiah talks about, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But the very next verse says, if you refuse and rebel, you will be eaten. You will be devoured. And that's what he's telling them would happen to them. And it happened just the way he warned them. How much clearer could you be? I mean, he told them like three different times. And then finally he said, don't go to Egypt. You will die. You will die. Did he want them to die there? No. But they won't listen to him. Now you might say, well, man, can anybody be that dumb? Happens every day. Happens. Phyllis and I have, have stood face to face with people and talked with them. That in times past, they said, oh, if you ever get anything, oh, I know y'all hear from God, if you ever get anything. And so most of the time, we don't say anything. People are supposed to hear from God for themselves. But on this occasion, this one man I'm thinking of, I told him, I said, don't go there. Do not go there. You'll lose your marriage. You'll lose your finances. You'll lose your children. You'll lose your ministry. Do not go there. Do not do that. You know what he did? He did it. And everything happened just like the Lord said. It wasn't just me saying. He lost his marriage. He lost his kids. He lost his finances. He lost his health. Now, it's not for us to judge. I said it's not for us to judge. But what we can do is say, Lord, help me to never do that. Hmm? Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet. Let's pray that prayer right now. Do you want to know the will of God? Yes. <laughs> that is the question, isn't it? A lot of people say they do. But then, as it turns out, they don't always want to hear it. Say it out loud, Father God. Thank you. For being so good, so kind, so gracious, I believe 
you are far wiser than I am. You know so much more. You see so much more than I do. I trust you. I trust what you say. Help me to be aware and never do what these did. Rejecting the word of the Lord. Ignoring what you say. But I I thank you for grace. To walk in the steps of faith. And in your light. To see more light. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today. Free of charge. By the partners of More Life Ministries. And Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.